0: Hello and welcome to the multiverse of marketing! I am Crash and Burn, and with me as always is J.R. Sweeney. Hello. Hello. (laughs) And now the understated tenth episode. Marvel Superheroes Secret Wars. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Um this is this is I'm I'm excited for this. This is the perfect encapsulation of all the things I love. Um, which is comics, uh behind the scenes bullshit mm-hmm. and toys. Yeah. And I, I feel
0: like the previous nine episodes uh serve this um I, I, I want to say almost like season one finale very well uh, of like you need to understand all of this to to finally get to marvel superheroes secret wars the as i believe you put it er event comic
1: it's it's one of two uh for sure because it really is you know it is very jarring to go back um as as a reader who began reading sort of post secret wars and crisis on infinite earths and see you know when you look at the the big storylines in comics prior to that point they're all self-contained they're all things that are Taking place, you know, it's the Dark Phoenix saga, occurring over in Uncanny X Men.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: things of that nature. Th- event comics weren't a thing until yeah, he, they were. Um,
0: exactly. You you had the typical meet up team up or crossover, uh, which was like always individual, uh, like a couple of characters. Um, the last time a major like crossover occurred, it literally created, uh, the justice society. And then like that had to be evolved for editorial reasons into the justice league. But like, it was such a, a bizarre concept at the time of having characters be in each other's books and there were there were basically three approaches. There was the larger super team, which became its own book. You you your Justice Society, your Avengers, your right. and we will do Avengers number one, and it is not as good as the movie. Uh, I promise you that. A lot more clown Hulk. Uh,
1: you know i I felt that I felt that uh, Avengers would have only been improved. <laughs> With more clown Hulk. More um,
0: clown hulk.
1: But yeah, so <laughs> the big super team.
0: Yeah, you have the big super team. You have the the happy-go-lucky. Meet up where it's very much like the uh uh the kernel of an infant world, where it's like, hey buddy, hey buddy, nice to see you, Superman. Why thank you, Batman. Say, is that a crime happening over there? Yes, I believe it is. Shall we go stop it? Yes. And then perhaps ice cream? <laughs>
1: right. Or uh Amazing Spider Man number one, where he tries to join the Fantastic Four. Or <laughs> You know things like that. Get out! It is. No, I mean just just that sort of thing. Oh no, it's... no!
0: I, I just be, I love that their response to him was get out.
1: Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> okay. I was like, what? It's it's the same no, thing.
0: It, it was. It it absolutely was. It it was. But it's it's it was written with that kind of like sixties mentality of like you're a stupid teenager. I'm uh, plucky trying to find a job, but get out.
1: Yeah, stupid teenager, and Johnny is right there.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and Ben's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and then, of course, the third, which is the mistaken identities, where uh, they think that each other are the bad guy, and they fight. And right. then the bad guy goes, yes, now that I've gotten the good guys fighting each other, I can finally do the thing." And then they, of course, discover that the
1: heroes. The heroes fight until it turns out that their mom has the same name. Why did you and say then... that name? Uh anyway, but so <laughs> it's it's interesting that oh, wait, hold, a... hold on.
0: I, I, I just want to say, uh obviously Zack Snyder was the blueprint.
1: I don't know. <laughs> He's something. Um <laughs> The it is interesting that you know secret wars and crisis on infinite earths happened within a very short amount of time mm. of each other and <clears throat> it's really not a formula that's been changed all that much in all the years since um you know no, we it, were talking
0: it's been like tightened and that's oh, about yeah, it. for sure. Otherwise like they both set the the double standard for for right. what there is what's available.
1: Right. The two main types of events are the secret wars style let's make some money. Mhm. and the crisis style things have gotten kind of messed up and we need to fix it somehow.
0: Yeah. And or is, in short marketing
1: and editorial. Right. And that is, of course, your various crises over at mm-hmm.
0: Uh
1: At Marvel, a perfect example of this from recent memory is the recent uh, The Marvels, where they created a a South Asian war that will take the place of things like Korea and Vietnam in the origins of characters like Iron Man and uh, Punisher and so on and so forth since they've all now aged out of Vietnam. Yeah, um,
0: even my 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 precious Frankie is too old for now. <sighs> right.
1: And so, you know, because of the sliding time scale, they can't, it's easier to just create a war that they can change the dates of Whenever they need to, instead of having it fixed, you know, World War II for Cap is fine because he was frozen. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: He can remain a Capsicle for as long as necessary. The longer, the better, even. Because you can just keep coming back to like that wonderful, tired, beat to shit, dead horse known as Cap tries to relate with the kids.
1: Right. Uh, Where, you know... Magneto is able currently to still be a Holocaust survivor because he's been de-aged repeatedly over the years. Fine. And now it
0: doesn't, especially doesn't yeah. matter. Right. Fucking, hey, whatever, live forever, die a million times.
1: Right. Um, he can be as young as they need him to be forever, and it's fine. Um, but... With, thing, with characters who were um, sort of created in that time period, the world has moved on. And for them to be as young as they've been, mm. they can't have been in Korea. They can't have been in Vietnam, so they had to invent a whole new world war. Um, and that's that type of thing. Very few... Big event comics are the result of somebody being like, you know what? It'd be cool. Like, usually they start as we need an X-Men event. What do you got? Yeah, um,
0: we, 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 we need this. Uh, uh, we, we need a big pile of money or the competition has come up with a neato burrito idea <laughs> and we need to copy it right the fuck now or else our sales are going to plummet for the region of time around that event right and yeah you're you're right, like the vast majority of them are marketing decisions uh your 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 crises as you mentioned, but also like House of M was a marketing decision to kind of reduce uh uh the mutants uh, stake in Marvel continuity. As was uh, the later Secret Wars, which brought to an end the second publishing uh, wing of Ultimates, right? Uh, and and helped them clean up a bunch of continuity until they had to co- clean up a bunch of more continuity until they have to clean up a bunch of more continuity. Well,
1: it's it's a snake eating its own tail. It always it always will be uh, as yeah. long as as long as these books exist. There's going to be. There's going to be a push to reboot them, and then having rebooted them, there will be a push to bring back the old stuff, and then there'll be and then it'll say, "Oh shit, now it's too complicated. Better reboot." <laughs> then it'll be you know on and on and on. Yeah. So
0: and it. But yeah, it's, it's, it's super rare that we get the other. It's super rare that we get a Marvel Super Heroes Secret Wars, which, yes, is made for money, 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 money. But it's also made because Jim Shooter um, clearly felt that he, he knew best uh, about uh, uh, Marvel and he got to play with all the toys. All well, of the toys to, to his heart's content.
1: It really cannot be overstated how much of what Marvel became started with Jim Shooter. Um, Absolutely.
0: Yeah. No, no, absolutely. Like, this is a winning formula that I I feel has translated to the screen. Like, Jim Shooter and Kevin Feige have a lot in common. Right. And I think that their approach... like number one, they're about making money. They are businessmen. But they also believe that the content should be good and fun and enjoyable, and I think they enjoy the content as well. And it has resulted in, first of all, it gave uh, Marvel Secret Wars and then all of the 80s, which led into all of the 90s, and we get all of their event comics and Just like the turnaround from near fucking collapse into another near fucking collapse, but then a bounce into something even better.
1: Right. Yeah. And and like I said, this is none of this. I'm not going full cynic here. Um, None of this is to say that none of this is worthwhile. A lot of cool ideas have resulted from these editorial decisions and these marketing decisions. Um, it's just to say that very few start life as a cool story. Um, honestly, the only, other than Reckoning War, the only thing that springs to mind is Mutant Massacre, because that was just a whole bunch of people just being like, we're going to do this thing, and then, other, and then Walter and Louise Simonson were just like, can we get in on that? That sounds really cool. Um,
0: as you were saying uh uh oh god uh Louis Simonson and uh oh, shit Walter Yeah uh, Walter and Louise Simonson uh they are they are the source of all that is good and fun I feel uh <laughs> yes yes they make comics for money obviously this is a business man but what? <laughs> there's no com uh, there's no money in comics but they always and I say this as someone who was raised on 80s and 90s Superman comics. So, like, I am in whatever the hell cult they created. Yeah. Easy. Absolutely. And they've they've always tried to make sure that the stories make sense, no matter how convoluted they can be. And when you're, like, running four different books at the same time, releasing one a week. Mm-hmm. Fucking convoluted keeps uh, going. But you're absolutely right. They, like, they're like they the last ones to bring some fun uh, with the mutant massacre. And uh, they were... I, I was actually thinking along the lines of uh, the last time that there was a major event in... or a major couple of events in DC that weren't for editorial purposes. It was the death and wedding of Superman. You know, like... There's crossovers in there, especially in the death, uh, funeral for a friend, reign of superman, et cetera. You know, that that right. kind of thing. Uh, and it was done purely for
1: funsies.
0: Because was it? Uh, I
1: I it, I had it never was, really dug that much into it.
0: They uh, uh so they would always have a writer's like an editorial writer's retreat once a year for right. uh, the Superman books. Cause all there was like four, two, five. Plus annuals, uh, Superman books, and they all ran together in like one large continuity story. Right. Um, They would have like a couple of individual ones, but you could follow which was in where you were in the story from one series to series by these uh, upside down triangles with Mm -hmm. uh, numbers in them. And so you would follow that, not the issue number itself. Right. Um. And it it went for years like that, and that's the Superman I was raised on. In, and and uh, it it was brilliant, but uh, for a couple of years they would uh, one of the writers would keep popping up with just like dumb as fuck suggestions, like intentionally, like oh, what if I do the silliest thing possible? So they had planned on doing the marriage of Lois and Clark in the like, late 80s maybe 90 91 Mm -hmm. at the latest uh and it just kept getting pushed off because like oh we're going into production on this tv show lois and clark and eventually they're gonna marry on that so how about we link that up for some synergy and so it got it got pushed and they said all right well we have a full year and a half or two years or whatever of no superman stories we haven't planned for Mm -hmm. any of this what do we do? And they go around and everyone has a suggestion and they come to one person who every year as a joke would say, let's just kill Superman. Let's just kill him. And this year they went, yeah, let's do it. Let's kill Superman.
1: (laughs) That's one of my favorite things. Cause like, um, Peter David in his book on writing comics claimed responsibility for fatal attractions uh, in much the same way, in that he was saying that they were doing the yearly X-Men retreat. Um, You know, X-Men at that time, they didn't do the... They didn't hew as closely as the Superman books did, but they would they they would still discuss what was going to be happening in the books that year. And one year, uh, they were trying to figure out what to do. And Peter David says that he just was sitting there and he's like, I don't understand why Magneto puts up with Wolverine. And they're like, what do you mean? And he's like, if I were, Wolver- or if I were Magneto, I'd just rip his skeleton out. And they're like, oh my God, that's genius. And he's like, what? No, it's not. Shut up. Get, and, yes uh,
0: do it, do it why' the the, why have we not doing that? I don't fucking
1: know right so <laughs> so yeah, um but then so in order to understand how secret wars came about, you have to understand that in the seventies, the action figure market was largely dominated before Star Wars came along by mego. Yeah, delightful
0: and Migo. Migo, uh.
1: <laughs> Migo, it's it's really amazing to consider, you know, growing up, I had no idea about Migo. I was yeah, uh, too young. Same My- un-
0: until, of course, I presume the same uh, introduction as, as yourself, Wizard Magazine and Toy Fair.
1: Yeah, Twisted Toy Fair Theater was how I did it, found out about Migo's and that that's that's really instructive on how they really did go from dominating to being bankrupt in a few years and mm-hmm. one of the reasons is star wars um now you know ostensibly there is there is if you watch like the toys that made us there is a conflicting version of events, wherein <laughs> the George Lucas and, and Lucasfilm brought Star Wars to Migo, and according according to some, they turned it down. Mm-hmm. And according to the president of Mego, he was out of the office, <laughs> and never even saw the presentation. So they went down the hall to Kenner and Kenner was like, yeah, we'll produce your toys. Um, However that happened, they missed out on Star Wars and Star Wars then became the zeitgeist. I mean, it's not just part of the zeitgeist. It was the zeitgeist. That was all there was.
0: Right, and it's it's not just Star Wars. For, For those who like don't know a little bit about uh, action figure history and such. Um, when, 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 you know, th- there's the old joke of like, uh oh, they're not dolls, they're action figures. Well, Migos are dolls. Yeah. They have clothing. You can, you can take the clothing on and off. It It's, it's Iron Man with a vest of his Iron Man suit. Well, uh, to keep
1: costs down.
0: Of course. Ex- exactly. Yeah. And they were, they were like roughly, mid-sized dolls they they weren't action figure size they were a bit larger than that and they were kind of bubbly i guess was the way they they were they were pudgy they were they were pudgy dolls you know um and and that's what toys were like and when kenner created the star wars line it redefined what action figures looked like and when you consider action figure in your head right now that is based on Star Wars toys,
1: right? They that they was didn't for only the longest time, yeah. Now, they they didn't
0: only change like because it's Star Wars and that IP. They physically fucking changed the toys themselves,
1: right? For yeah. a very long time, uh, Star War or Star Wars was the template. Um, now everything's moving to more of a six inch scale. Uh, mm-hmm. generally. Um but yeah, for a long time, you know, Star Wars started it and then G.I. Joe ran with it, uh until eventually everything was pretty close to that scale. Yeah, um, I
0: I think like the he, probably He-Man was a little oversized, but once right. you get into uh Ninja Turtles and Ghostbusters, things are pretty universal like so that they can you you can fit a bunch of toys from disparate lines into say the action vehicle of one of these other so you don't you can buy this you can buy our action vehicle and it'll fit every other action character that they own don't worry about that you don't have to buy any other one don't worry don't look at the other competition just by hours yeah so the universalization was a a good step towards the democratization of ip ideas for children to play with hey anyway shit where'd i go there
1: Uh (laughs) Um, but you know once migo went out of business which which occurred in the early 80s um kenner then started producing it with it like at the beginning of 1984 uh or nineteen eighty three sorry um Kenner started working on their superpowers line mm-hmm. um which featured all of the various uh d c superheroes and villains, and they all had an action feature and so on so Marvel of course uh was was like, well, we need to get in on that. Uh, So they started working with Mattel in 1984 uh, to produce the the Secret Wars action figures. And the story goes that the name was chosen by focus group uh, Mm -hmm. because the the two focus group of children. (laughs) Yeah, because the two words kids responded to most were secret and wars, which I'm going to call bullshit on.
0: Yeah, my no guess same. is
1: the two words they res- responded to most were star and wars. But since that was already taken, it became choice number two, secret wars. And so I like that it <clears throat> uh, dumped
0: like like uh, fifty thousand dollars into this uh, uh you know, uh, study to, to understand and analyze and get all that information. It's like, okay, what's the first word that uh, the kids are into? The, what, what was, what was this $25,000 word? Wars. Oh, I like that. Wars. Good conflict. We can, you know, that, that, that's super easy. All right. right. What, what's the other $25,000 word?
1: Star.
0: Son of a fu- you know. in oh, fuck.
1: Yeah. Fucking hell. Fuck,
0: fuck, fuck.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, they started working on toys, and we'll get to the toys in a moment. Um, but in doing so, they decided they needed some sort of tie-in media, and, uh, so Marvel agreed to produce a 12-issue comic, uh, to go, to coincide with the toys. Um, ultimately... It wound up coinciding a little more than they intended. Uh, oh, whoops! <laughs> because I don't know that the toy line even really outlasted the comic, but um, the end result was that they had they had two waves that were produced in the U.S. Um, the the remainder there's a half a... Excuse me, there's a half a wave that was uh produced for like Europe that includes characters like Iceman and so on. But it's it's funny, first of all, because after the first wave of characters, none of the toys are of characters who appear in the comic at all. <laughs> it's all it's all like Hobgoblin and Daredevil and like that's fine. I've yeah. produced toys of those characters, sure. But why aren't they in the comic? Um, so that's kind of stupid choice number one. Mm-hmm. Stupid choice number two is that instead of a play feature, like say superpowers, um, they all come with a shield that has a lenticular um, design on it that on the one side shows their costumed identity and on the other side shows their secret identity. And from a play standpoint, that doesn't really make much sense. Like, why would Spider-Man go into battle with a shield that has his unmasked face on it. That that makes no sense at all. Does he need to be reminded who he is? Why would you have that? And when you have a character like, I don't know, Captain America in wave one, who already carries a shield, what then? Do you include two shields? No, you include just the one. So Captain America did not come with his fucking shield. He came with this random thing instead of, you know, the thing Captain America is known for. Like, Captain America is known for two things. Red, white, and blue. And shield. And they left one of them out. So, obviously, the toy line did not do well. But the comic is now kind of a classic. Whether or not it deserves that is another matter entirely.
0: I, I mean, um, it you know you you can it is a classic. It absolutely is, but it's definitely one of those things of like first come, first serve. It doesn't matter if it's good. It did it first. That right. that's what you know. My kid could do this, yes, but this artist did it first. Therefore, well, fuck
1: you. It you know it suffered. So here's the thing. A whole lot of time is spent kind of reminding you of who everyone is. And, yes. and I get why I get why that's the case. Yeah. Th- this but... is a great
0: introduction comic for anyone who like has never for some fucking reason f- heard of Marvel. There's, they're superheroes, right in- interesting why are they dressed so garishly uh this is a great right. way to in- like throw someone into a semi deep end right um you know it's cuz at 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 one point i'm pretty sure at, you know they have like a go around and caps like you know naming everyone individually and asking them what they can do in this
1: particular situation right and of course we get we get you know it is kind of brilliant in as much as you don't have to have known who any of these characters are to read Secret Wars nope. because, you know, the they go out of their way to make sure that, you know, Magne- yes, Magneto is a villain, but he's not like these other assholes. Doom is a villain, but, but he's, he's not like, like these other assholes. <laughs> he's, he's operating on a different plane than, say, Absorbing Man. Um, likewise, Galactus is there. He's clearly not like the Absorbing Man. They are operating on vastly different levels. And this all becomes clear in a very short amount of time.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's incredibly efficient, and by yeah. simplifying most of the characters down to the this like two point five dimension, yeah. um, they're not two dimensional. They're you know they're they're not like nineteen sixties cartoon villains. They're not three dimensional, fully formed like characters like you would see now or even later in the eighties. Uh, they're more interesting. Action figures—they're—they're—they're they're, they're, uh, detail origin plus personality, right. and it's it, that's it. It really simple. Here's here's origin ability personality. Uh, that personality bit is what was the make or break for things like GI Joes and Transformers. That's right. why those succeeded, uh, and it's why this succeeds, and it's it works for the vast majority. And then you get characters that have since become larger and more interesting. And at the time we're like background characters like Wolverine, who is a complete dumbass in this and like tries to pick a fight with Captain America. And if you know anything about later Wolverine and Captain America history, you know, not that Wolverine would remember any of this, but you'd expect Steve to be like, shut the
1: fuck up, Jim. shut the fuck up yeah well and and you know they do it's weird how like you said it is very efficient in terms of introductions it's Mm -hmm. very efficient in getting you up to speed
0: and giving you situations that a child could play with, or you you could imagine yourself like the the kind of action and situations that they put the characters in, as as you say, to express that like you know this the character X-Men is not like se- this other.
1: The X Men are separate; they exactly, go off and do their own thing. Here
0: um, is the basic concepts of even their worlds and issues like like right. their series separately and so you can go off and read them you can go off and imagine it your, yourself they give you a template this book is just template on template with soap opera and uh, uh compressed storyline right. uh uh you know like there's there's essentially one story here it's a really good dr doom story
1: Yeah, honestly, but but what's weird about it is, as efficient as it is in the beginning, it kind of spends a little too long faffing around in the middle.
0: Oh, it it could Um, be half its length, but then you wouldn't make as much
1: money. Well, that and also they introduce like some of the other things you can buy. They introduce the various bases. They introduce the various vehicles. Um, because there were playsets, there were vehicles. Some of the vehicles were pretty shit. <laughs> like, is, is this the origin of Spider-Man's Dune buggy? No, no, that came before this. Um, Dune buggy. <laughs> and I will, I will not hear anything against the spider buggy. That is, <laughs> that is pure class all the way. Um, Why is it a buggy? He lives in New York. Why does he need a car? What? (laughs) There there is nothing about it that makes sense. What need does Spider-Man have a car? Have have you ever read the storyline where that first shows up? Uh, No, I have not. Spider-Man can't drive. He does not (laughs) know how to drive. Why does he make sense? He only does it. Because a car company pays him to. That's oh, literally. That, ma- that it. makes a
0: lot of sense. Okay, so it's it, it it's the most logically driven Spider-Man story ever. Because yeah, he's the only sixteen-year-old on Earth who didn't need to learn how to drive a car. Right. Uh, he had his own better mode of transportation. And he lived in
1: New York. <laughs> and and like, he lived in New York. You live in New York, and do you have? You don't need the subway. Yeah. Well, why do you need to drive? Um, and and
0: and that he would do anything, uh, no matter how stupid, for some money. Yeah, 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 that's Parker, all right.
1: Yeah. So, it spends a long time faffing around, uh, <laughs> before we eventually get the thrust of all of this, which is, um, the, the Doctor Doom steals the power of the Beyonder. Um, yeah. Who is the
0: Beyonder? More of a what at this moment. It's a crack of light with power.
1: Right. The Beyonder didn't really have a physical form until Secret Wars 2. The Jerry Curls are implied. Well, naturally. It was the 80s. (laughs) But, But the Beyonders had been mentioned, but this was the first time one ever showed up. Um... Because I think it was, shit, we started, we read this on Watcher's Guide, um, and it was maybe Starlin who introduced the concept. I forget who. Damn it.
0: I mean, Starlin definitely... You know, that's right up his alley of like randomly throwing out some bizarre metaphysical concept, probably as secondhand dialogue in a conversation between Captain Marvel and Thanos.
1: Well, yeah.
0: And that took up an entire page. And it's just them standing there being like, tell me, friend Thanos. Blah 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 blah. And Thanos, destroyer of worlds and genocider of half the universe, responds with "Yes, my good chap." Blah 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 blah. And that and that's that's a a Starlin book. God love them, by the way.
1: Beautiful things. Um, it was actually Mark Gruenwald who first, uh, who first introduced the concept, um in uh marvel two and one but the the ultimate um the ultimate decision as to what the beyond was going to be was made here um and so doom steals his power for a little while but then he's defeated because of course he was we're not living in you know we're not living in Doom's Uh, perfect world so by the end of course he's defeated the thing about it is overall this had a few consequences most of which were comparatively short-lived uh number one colossus broke up with kitty pride which yeah good she was way too young at that point oh god Um, yes Because he had fallen in love with some woman uh, on Battleworld. Number two. The Thing uh, stayed on Battleworld for a little while. uh, Eventually came back to Earth, but either way, had already left. He wound up leaving the Fantastic Four for a little while. Uh, During the time that Secret Wars took place, he and Alicia were having issues. Mm -hmm. And... When he comes back, she and Johnny Storm have struck up a relationship, though you later find out that was a Skrull. Uh, That's a whole other thing. But he leaves the Fantastic Four for a little while and is replaced by She-Hulk. We get new characters like Volcana, uh, She-Hulk villain Titania, who will be making an appearance the day this uh, episode comes out in the She-Hulk TV show.
0: Yeah. Uh, Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) Oh, yes.
1: Oh, yes! And uh, the Julia Carpenter Spider-Woman is introduced. But, of course, the biggest thing to come out of Secret Wars is the black costume so yeah the black costume came about because of a few different things um so first of all uh there was a Marvel contest where people could submit story ideas uh one was submitted by a Marvel fan named Randy Schuler Randy Schuler submitted the idea of an upgraded stealth Spider-Man costume. In his version, it was to be made of unstable molecules provided by Reed Richards. It was to have a red spider emblem instead of white.
0: Visually, uh, very curious, like, relative. Um, good old, uh, NWO versus Wolfpack. (laughs)
1: Um, And uh, was supposed to have upgraded web shooters, sort of like Peter has in the MCU, Mm. Um, things like that. Jim Shooter liked the idea and bought it from Shuler uh, for $220 and the promise of being able to help write the storyline in which it was introduced. That did not happen.
0: Can, so, can we just go back to that number for one moment? Just, um, $220? Yes. $220. To $200. And even by Marvel standards.
1: Ouch. Well, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things. It's inflation has yes. increased that somewhat. Uh, yes. Yeah.
0: C- certainly, yes. Certainly, it has increased it somewhat. I wouldn't say more than, say, $1,500 in total.
1: Uh, it's actually about $790 today. Ooh. Um, and
0: and then, then we consider all of the merch... That you have gotten out of not only the black costume on Spider Man, but then the entirety of Venom, right? And then the entirety of symbiotes.
1: So, right, Carnage, Null, gr- uh, 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 God all it. of it. I mean, everybody's everybody's been venomized mm-hmm. at some point or another.
0: It itself was. An event comic yeah. in Several, the some, of this. So many
1: events now. So yeah. many events. Um, But, you know, so that's the first part of it. The second part of it is that John Byrne claims that he had an idea while working on Iron Fist, wherein... Iron Fist's costume is constantly being destroyed because, yeah, Uh, and so he had had an idea for a self-healing biological costume that he never wound up using. Uh, According to Byrne, Roger Stern liked the idea and asked if it could be used for Spider-Man. You take those two ideas, combine them together, and we get the symbiote.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and that's, that seems entirely logical and reasonable that those two things occurring are what occurred.
1: Right. Um, I, so you have that confluence of events. So in secret wars, Spider-Man's costume gets trashed. He happens (laughs) across what he thinks is a costume maker. (laughs) <laughs> uh, which
0: again is also Wolverine's fault because he's just like, yeah, Bub, it's just in the other room. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah. Don't don't tell the kid which crazy ass alien machine it is. Just
1: go yeah. in there and start pressing buttons, Bucko. See what yeah. happens. So he gets this black costume and uh it is then it is then introduced into the pages of Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, I think the way it wound up working was that the issue where it was introduced in Secret Wars wound up coming out after the first time it appeared in Amazing Spider-Man. I believe so, so.
0: and and there were definitely some, some confused uh, fans, because at the time you couldn't just, you know, like... Hop online and talk about it and get news articles about what, you know, up to date of the day news articles based on responses. Unless
1: you followed the fanzines. Yeah, but even
0: then it's like weekly at best.
1: Right. So
0: Monthly and thus late at worst. Like two months later you might find out. And by then the issue's finally there. And it's like, ah, 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 ah.
1: Yeah. And so what what it wound up was eventually the suit starts to affect him you know you know the story of venom we don't need to sit here and tell you what it is it eventually became a whole thing And so, you know, uh, it is, it's really interesting that that wound up being the most, aside from Secret Wars becoming the prototypical marketing bonanza, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um, this is the most lasting result of, um, this book, all of the other stuff basically went back at some point or another with the exception yeah, r- of the characters quickly. who were introduced. The, I, you know, Julia Carpenter is now Madame Webb, uh, Titania's around. Um,
0: yeah. T- t- Titania became a classic, like a uh, uh, She-Hulk villain, yeah. uh, but like barely a villain. She like, She's more like an antagonist who uh She-Hulk can also just be like, uh, can yeah. we just like can I just go get a coffee? And they'd just be like, all right, all right, let's just go get a coffee for this one. I'm I'm not feeling it today. Uh, you know, and then and, and they'll just go talk it out and be like, yeah, next time I'll kick each other's ass, but like, uh, I wasn't feeling it either.
1: Well, and plus, you know, Titania and Absorbing Man's relationship has which led i love to, well it's led <laughs> to some really cool stuff both in the pages of deadpool and then in the black bolt series uh by salad and ahmed um so on and so forth so when i when i said titania is around that's not to downplay her it's just to say <laughs> she's still around volcana is still around somewhere last For i some checked reason. um yeah. Technically,
0: but, the Beyonder pops up every now and then well, in yeah. some form. Usually as a joke now, but yeah. still.
1: Um. But the rest of the stuff, you know, the thing went back to the Fantastic Four. Kitty, Pride, and Colossus got back together. Like, you know. Uh, yeah, Doom became a
0: normal human until uh, a a comic referring to this one turned him into a God again. And it's just like, so, you know, there are elements of this constantly creep up in Marvel because it was so large, but none of it is like long lasting impact. Yeah. You're, you're, you're uh. absolutely right. And it's interesting that aside from the black uh, suit and thus venom and such uh, the, the only real long lasting Im- impact is the discovery by Marvel that events comics make money. Oh, oh, a lot of money. This was the most profitable comic in 25 years for them. And considering that that goes back to like 1959 at the time, 1960, if you you look at the timescale, yeah. That means that this sold more than like all of the classic Marvel that defined these characters. Yeah going back well, to maybe the first issue uh that the fantastic 4 appear in which is not a fantastic 4 comic book
1: well you know it is comics are weird let's comics let's, are weird you you always have to you know sales numbers are one of those things that Sometimes it has to do with the quality of the book. Mm -hmm. More often than not, there's some other context. So when you look at Secret Wars, yeah, it sold a lot. But again, black costume, that's a big part of it. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: Long lasting, 12 issues, and that's never had all year long. Something kids could follow and talk about and try to figure out themselves and like, okay, what's going to happen next. I bet this will happen next. And you take the toys that you've bought based on the comic book, or probably didn't based on how much this failed and you work out the plot yourself. Right. It was like interactive. And until you got the next issue and realized it didn't give a fuck about what you thought.
1: Right. Um, but you know, more often than not, the things that drive, um, The drive sales are not necessarily about, you know, I mean, one of the still one of the highest selling comics of all time is X-Men number one from 1993. Um, And part of that is just because it was Jim Lee. Uh, Part of that is the fact that it was a new number one. And part of that was the fact that it had so many goddamn covers.
0: Um, uh, and introduce the uh, the new hotness, right? To be very clear, I mean the new hotness.
1: Mm. Yeah, but when it's all said and done, you know, does that make you know? Does that make it more culturally relevant? Not necessarily. Yes. <laughs> um,
0: on behalf of the new hotness, yes.
1: Okay, but but what I'm saying is, you know spawn number one sold a lot of copies you know uh
0: (laughs) we we don't talk about spawn number one
1: well you know and so like i said context uh in the world of toys the secret wars toys failed miserably um (laughs) and mattel's relationship with marvel ended um but then a few years later Marvel tried again with toy biz and it worked really fucking well um really fucking well yeah you know if you if like me you were a kid in the early 90s uh your your childhood was toy biz Marvel figures um and you know I don't know what the connective tissue is between the two Um, in as much as I'm not going to sit here and say one led to the other. Um, what I will say is, uh, Mattel's failure certainly led to Toy Biz. Um,
0: absolutely. And, and thus, uh, Mattel's failure led to the, led to Toy Biz, uh which led to the success of toy biz which led to the purchasing by Marvel of toy biz which led to the near collapse of Marvel
1: yeah Yay. yeah <laughs> but i mean you know it's one of those things of you know being a kid in the 90s and being able to buy every fucking character you know it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't just there were there were characters being produced that under different circumstances, I don't think we ever would have seen. Yeah. Uh, you know, I had a fucking bone breaker from the Reavers. Um,
0: right. And, and like, it's, it's not only like those random characters I remember. Yeah. Like, like, a, a, a uh Saur- Yeah. Sauron. He's, he's the, uh, the, the geneticist uh, pterodactyl, right? Yeah. Yeah, I remember his toy. And it's like, who the fuck would buy a Sauron toy? Uh, Banshee. No one wants to play with Banshee. Um, what are you talking excuse about? Excuse
1: me. Excuse no me. No one wants to play with he Banshee. He had a built-in whistle.
0: <laughs> and You don't talk shit on the Banshee toy. That that's the that's the fun thing. They it's not just like okay, press that one out. It's it's made of solid plastic. I don't fucking care. No, they actually put thought into these characters. Um, the the Iceman one was completely see through, if I recall, or like mostly uh see through.
1: So there were a couple different variants of the figure, as I recall. One was more see through. I think like the blue one was more see through, whereas the white one was frosted.
0: Ah yes. Yeah. And then of course you end up with like uh Spider-Man who gets literally every variant that ever showed up in any Spider-Man book. Yeah. Ever. I think there was a, a Cyborg
1: Spider-Man toy. I um, had that.
0: Yeah. Uh, there was an armored Spider-Man toy. I had that. Oh yeah. Uh there was the the six-arms or yeah, six-arm Spider-Man toy. I had that. And, and spider- here's the thing. Yeah. Uh, I got all of these at like yard sales. That's how prevalent it was. Like there was just fucking hundreds. They of were these everywhere. Things. I I don't even like Spider Man that much. Like I I like X Men and I like Superman. Peter Parker and I do not see eye to eye. But like when you're a kid and there are fifty cent action figures that look fucking awesome, you're all over that shit.
1: See that was that was when I was growing up I was into the X-Men toys and my friend was into all things Spider-Man so mm-hmm. he bought all the Spider-Man stuff I bought all the X-Men stuff and then occasionally we'd buy you know he'd buy the odd Ghost Rider or Blade or whatever cuz he liked the like horror ones too but uh, mostly it was Spider-Man whereas I was just like oh it's uh, it's grizzly. Fuck yeah, let's get grizzly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> in in
0: 1996, I remember buying a, at a like a byway or maybe a Kmart, a uh, an Iron Man toy with like clip-on armor. And oh yeah. Like, oh, no one wants Iron Man. Yeah. No one will ever give a fuck about this
1: my favorite my favorite was in nineteen ninety six ninety seven uh when they introduced the generation x toy line, oh yeah, yeah, I had all those motherfuckers <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the chamber figure with the like thing you pulled that sparked in his chest,
0: oh, oh yeah. yeah, oh, safe for all ages,
1: yeah. M plate with his weird hand that could like he had he had a hand that you could pull out and then if you pressed a button on his back the hand would draw back in. Ostensibly meant to be, you know, him grabbing someone and abducting them. Uh, but it was it was a weird, it was a weird action feature because it's just as a I was sitting there watching this going, what's up with your hand, man? Like, the mouths in his hand, I knew about because I read the comics, but I didn't understand why his hand came off. Yeah, um, th-
0: th- these, are, these are questions not answered necessarily in the comics.
1: No, not in the least. Uh, uh... But yeah, so Secret Wars, getting back to that, um,
0: I mean, that's the thing there's not exactly much to get back to as we've as we've talked about the storyline just like uh, it's about essentially a bunch of people standing around having petty squabbles while Doom becomes a god, then loses it all. That's yeah. that's kind of it. And then everyone goes, good game, uh, everyone. Good game. Uh, who's for drinks? Let's let's go and get then some they drinks. All,
1: they all flew home on the city of Denver. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Um, yes. Oh yeah. Uh, they, they fly home on the city. That's, that's not hyperbole. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's, I'm, I'm not joking about that. Yeah. Um, they, they
0: fly home on the, the city of Denver, which is, yeah, no, that makes sense. Any other city I couldn't see that with, but like Denver. Yeah. Either, maybe Albuquerque.
1: No, nah, fuck that. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: But yeah, there's not like the impact of this comic book is so much heavier than the comic book itself. This is a very shallow, very simple book that was just meant to like give kids a reason to keep buying uh, comics for another six, uh, another twelve months, constantly, and hopefully get them to buy some of the new toys. Uh, The toy line failed, but it was very influential on. What the fuck? Both Mattel and Marvel went on to do later. The comic book was a success and led into more complicated stories. Eventually, creating like uh, the event comics we we know. We wouldn't have Infinity Quest, Gauntlet, and War without this uh, kind of setting up how to tell those kinds of stories. Right, and you know, in, in my opinion, Infinity uh, Gauntlet is infinitely better yeah but of course you know it's driven from a story perspective not a buy me toys perspective
1: right well yeah um you know yeah infinity gauntlet is is certainly one of the high points of the uh the genre (laughs) Is that yeah. the right word? Uh, 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 certainly
0: uh. Marvel's Marvel's library. And it's like you've got in Infinity Gauntlets the one that sits up there and is just like, holy fucking shit, how'd we pull that off? Just like in the movies. Mm. <laughs> holy yeah. fucking shit, how'd we pull that off?
1: <laughs> yeah. Um But ultimately, I will say there is a there is a third type of uh, event that hmm. existed for a brief window and just doesn't anymore. And that's the annuals, the annual oh, events right. they would do. Yeah. Um, uh,
0: now, now the annual events were actually started, a- uh, by DC and were the unintentional lead up and inspiration for crisis, Uh, That is the the crisis on two Earths, the crisis of an Earth X, the crisis uh, on Earth Two, crisis on Earth Three, etc., etc., until you eventually led to crisis on infinite Earths, right? uh, Which again was the editorial uh, bent, but those books, those books existed uh, based on like editorial mandate to be like okay. Our first crossover between the JSA and the JLA, uh, in like the late '40s, early '50s, was uh no, I guess I guess it would be yeah, it'd be after the uh, Jay Garrick and Barry Allen met, so uh mid '50s. Uh, it was it was uh, fucking. Well, ridiculous. I was
1: gonna say it it would have been Silver Age by that point. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, and it it was it was fucking ridiculous. It there's a reason why that took off as a concept. It's because it sold. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, gangbusters, and uh, uh, not gangbuster the character who did not sell. Uh, but it, you know that was spawned by the amount of money that could make. But essentially, it just became a thing of like, uh, you know, Gardner Fox would be like, hey, "It's that time of year again. How, what am I gonna think of?" And people would just let him go off and do. There was no like push. Uh, uh make sure the push the veal.
1: You right. You know,
0: like it was just have at and and because it became a brand within a brand that was recognizable by the readers. It's what was chosen to kill everything.
1: (laughs) Right. Well, yeah. And you know, but on the Marvel side, they didn't really start doing those until the late eighties when they started doing like acts of vengeance and evolutionary war. Um, Oh, and
0: the, uh, I think "Conquest of Champions," which is what this was initially going to be called. Uh, contest,
1: well. of, oh. contest of Champions was a uh, maxi series, as I recall.
0: Oh, uh, Cosmic Champions! There we go. Okay. Um, yeah. Apparently, I, th- this was uh, originally pitched as Cosmic Champions, and then they they you know uh, uh, looked into the name options, but right. uh, yeah. Uh, from from this spawned ideas like conquest of champions which is just a crossover long form series
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: not very good one
1: mm-hmm. no um no. but yeah it's i don't know event event comics are really the kind of thing you can sit there and autopsy for hours. <laughs> um,
0: oh, and hours and hours. And not even talk about the ramifications in comics. Just like, so what'd this do on a business side? Oh, sweet Lord.
1: Yeah. Um, so I guess I guess what I'm saying is we should probably stop or we will be at this for hours. Um,
0: this This is very likely. And if you would like to hear us talk about more of this for hours and hours and hours and hours. You should like, share, and subscribe. Uh, do it. Just, just do it. Do it already. For it real. Already. Yeah.
1: Um, if you would like to suggest uh, what we should do next, uh, you can do that. Um, either through Twitter or Facebook or uh, by emailing us at Marketing at Uh, gmail.com and join us next time I forget what we're talking about Um, (laughs) and
0: so have I
1: yeah but it'll be something it'll be something
0: I'll tell you it will be something
1: yes bye
0: bye